Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. There's some wild stuff going on this week, and some of it's Endeavor-related. The majority is Endeavor-related, but it's crazy stuff. I'm going to break down what I'm doing because the what I'm doing actually goes to the update. It's all one package because you're going to probably think I'm nuts, and that's okay. Not a problem thinking I'm crazy. So here's kind of where I'm at. My Endeavor, for those following the show, I am still working on the third client potential. I was told I should hear back from them somewhat soon. Uh, that one, that one's a challenge because there's a course that's a full time, which I don't really want to do, but as long as they're willing to work on my terms, I don't really care. Money's money truly. And so I've got my first client still going, but I'm having issues with the contact. And then I've got my second client and the onboarding was a disaster. I just talked to my contact there and he admitted that they're group that's supposed to handle everything is basically chaos. They don't know what they're doing. And that's evident by what's happening. And I've got contacts with the client. I like the client a lot. Uh, The second one, I like working with them. Uh, We still have to do some meetings. There's a meeting scheduled for tomorrow uh, and Wednesday to try to get stuff settled state. But I like them as a client. I think they're cool, cool people. Always like to have cool people to work with as clients because it's so rare. So that's what's on deck is it's there's this level of chaos everywhere I turn client. Number one, the client needs work done. I can help them. I'm making progress. Great. Smooth with the client. Initially it was tumultuous. It's now smooth, but now my contact acting stupid. And of course, playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. Second client comes along. Great client, but the contact is all jacked up because they didn't want to onboard the way I told them to do it, which would have avoided 80% of what we're dealing with. So, Now we're trying to get it fixed. If I can get it fixed, I don't really care. And I learned a lot about the flow of theirs and we're in ramp up mode still. So the money isn't what it ideally would be in full throttle. Hopefully we get past that because there does need to be, uh, there's an expectation of that pay. Now the upside of the second client is that because there's not heavy duty traffic, it leaves me free in terms of my time. So I can focus on the first client deal with some of their chaos, get it to a settled state, which I'm close to work on the podcasts, plural, because I've got three of them and do my own business things that I'm doing on the side and try to get the third client signed, which the third client, of course, is unfortunately full time, but it's, I've been trying to work with them for years. And so they seem like cool people don't mind it. I assume it's probably not going to be that much crazy work. So there's a lot on my deck and it's important that you know, because I've had conversations with like some of the top uh, podcasters in the world um, about just podcasting in general. One of them was a guest actually on the show a while back. And the truth is, this is who I am. This is how I work. Wasn't always this way, but roughly around 2003, 2002, sometime around there, 
is when I started getting that mind. I've always been kind of a, I don't want to say overachiever, that's not fair, but kind of the person that it, I get bored. I get bored easy if I'm not challenging myself and pushing myself and doing more and always keeping that energy level up. And I've felt periods, to be perfectly honest with you, where the energy wasn't there. And when the energy's not there, I think that gets you closer, as weird as it may sound, as morbid as it may sound, I think it gets you closer to possibly leaving. I'm trying to be as benign as I can be, but leaving yourself. And I think what keeps you grounded, what keeps you level, and you know, Betty White, may she rest in peace as an example, and the reason why she was able to last as long as she did and was still with the same level of energy all that way, I think that contributed to a lot of that. Just keeping the spirit and keeping it going. And everybody has to find their own spirit and their own contribution. I think I'm on to something, certainly with the Crypto Talk Radio and the Triad. I think I'm on to something. It's going to take some time to build to it. Meanwhile, bills still have to be paid. I still have to be fed. I'm going to get to why this is ever more important here in a second. So I still have to do my regular stuff. And because I work for myself, it's kind of this cool synergy between the work I do here with the podcast and talking to everybody, which I enjoy doing on a topical basis and kind of running it, but also the work I do on the side and helping my clients get to where they need to be and knowing that at some point I can kind of go full in and crossing fingers. I get out of Nevada before the end of the year, which depends on my clients ramping up and paying me what I need to when they, when I need them to. So everything's I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and people have, have said, well, why, why don't you focus on the one we're at a different time? It's not at the time, certainly not in what people want to pay people where you can focus on one and make it work. Everything is built around a dual income, which I don't have. Well, I do because I have multiple clients. You know, I'm talking in terms of, you know, a husband, wife or whatever relationship and there's dual income. Everything's built on that when it didn't used to be, it was forced into this used to be a single income can make it all work. I'd love to be back in that world, which is why my rates are what they are on the contract side. And if my primary client were paying me what I wanted, I probably wouldn't, I would still have a second client just because that's who I am, but the money would then be exactly where I want to be ahead of the inflation. Now I'll have to try to make all three work clients and the combination of the three puts me where I would have been if the first client paid me what I wanted plus one second client. It's weird, isn't it? Well, I started to get a reality check. I'm not going to be able to leave Nevada anytime in the next month for sure. And then the, I already signed the renewal paperwork, which I didn't want to do, but I have no choice. So I'm going to be here certainly through October. That's pretty much a given uh, based on the way things are going. The only way that's not going to happen is if the second client starts booking more hours and then the third client pulls the trigger if that all happens, then instantly I'll start getting more money that makes all this work. But I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to happen by October. I'm not happy about it, but I can pretty much assure that's not going to happen. Meanwhile, I've got to, I'm running out of room. I've got to do something about my space constraint. Even though I'm in a house, I'm extremely space constrained, mostly because when I moved in, I had to acquire a lot of things. And as I acquired a lot of things, often what happens is I will set it up and then use it for what I need. And then something happens, either I replace it or I have to get a second of a thing, which is a whole different story for a whole different episode. 
something happens where I'm now running out of space. This is what's happening in what used to be my home office. I have photos where the home office looked beautiful, beautiful, space for days, everything nicely set up. When 2020 hit, Q1 or April, in this case, Q2, of 2020 hit, I tore it down because there was I had dropped the one contract, so I only need one desk. And the second one started acting stupid, so I dropped them in September. So now I have all this excess space. I spin up the podcast, and I'm getting everything going. I need part of the desk. I'm still using that desk, and I've got all sorts of wires and everything scattered. But then I also have to step up my game on the microphone, on my monitors, my cameras, lighting. Everything has to step up because I realize I'm onto something and I just got to stick with it. But I can't, as I like to say on Crypto Talk Radio, I can't just raise the bar. I got to be the bar because otherwise, why would anybody pay attention to me if I'm just doing what everybody else does? So I'm getting this reality check and I acquire all this stuff. You wouldn't believe how much lighting equipment I have where some of it was sounded good at the time, but it really wasn't a well thought out decision. And it took a lot of trial and error. Well, that's a lot of money spent to do it, necessary to learn, because on, if you don't know, through camera, right, it's hard for the camera to tell you which lighting's doing what. And then there's stylistic things. You have to understand how the lighting's going to behave for different skin tones, for different lighting, environmental lighting, for different distances of the camera. There's all these nuances and it's, it's, it's an art form, truly is, to where certain lights work great in certain situations and not good in other situations. So I had to master this, but that took a lot of money, frankly, not wasted because the equipment does work and I could use it in other places. But now I'm thinking, okay, I finally got my lighting what I wanted to do. Now what do I do with all this excess equipment? Can I do a yard sale? Absolutely. Garage sale? Absolutely. Unfortunately, what I've found Contrary to San Diego, out here trying to do Craigslist is almost a waste of time. It seems like nobody does it that way, and I'm not sure what that is. So I've got all this stuff packed around that I I should be able to sell if I were anywhere else. So I'm going to have to toss it in storage. That's a whole other thing for a whole other day. So I'm going to get all this ready, get some of this stuff in storage just so it's out of here. Meanwhile, I've got to get ready for these three clients that are going to start ramping up. Certainly the first one, as we get closer to the end of the quarter, a lot of the work is going to ramp up for them because of the nature of the work. Then I expect that the second client will start ramping up here soon. I don't know exactly when, but I suspect they're going to start involving me a little bit more into conversations and meetings and that kind of thing to help keep things on track. And then the third client might very well pull the trigger. I'm not, let's say I'm optimistic, but I'm not confident in the third client just because of all the other stuff I think they might require. Now, if they don't require everything I hope they don't, that one's pretty much a given because I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the best person they ever came across, but time will tell. But now I'm thinking, okay, if I do make all three happen, I know I can balance the time because the first client, although there's a lot of work, I don't have to burn as many hours because of how the level of skill I've got. The second client doesn't require me to do anything hands-on at this point and won't till next year, so that's good. That leaves the third client. It's going to be pretty much all hands-on. So as long as we minimize meetings, I can manage time there. That excites me because we're close to half a million dollars between the three of them at full throttle. Well, now I got thinking. What I get, what I have, physical space, wasn't going to cut it. I have to, I have to step it up again like I did when I first moved here. In 2020, I had to step it up. So what I've done, this is now where I'm getting into the episode part of the story. 
what I've done is spent a lot of money. And when I say a lot, it's a lot. I spent a lot of money and I'm taking what they jokingly have allocated as what appears to be like a breakfast nook type dining room. It's, it's off the living room. It's not partitioned in any way. It's just off to the side. And it's got, for some reason, some of these homes, like the place I was at in Oregon did the same thing. They have these lights and they're, they're hanging so low that unless you're like five foot three, you're going to hit your head on this business. So I had to re-loop them up at the top. At my parents' house, they used to have some lighting old when we first moved in, if I recall. And it had like this chain thing. So it's like a chain link lighting. That's what this is. And then there's a hook. And I don't know why there's a hook except for like potted plants. It's the, it's the ugliest, worst design I can think of. Turn a tactical disadvantage into an advantage. I used the hook and hooked the lighting up there to a reasonable height out of the way. I still touch it every time I reach up and stretch, but it's at least out of the way. So I took this room, hung the light way up high. So it's out of the way. I then bought a whole bunch of stuff to pretty much turn it into the nicest room in the entire place. This place, they ripped out every inch of carpet except in the closet, which drives me absolutely nuts. I don't know why that became a thing, why we're so anti-carpet. I don't know. So I got this floor rug that's a perfect size for this nook and a whole different desk, which I technically didn't need. But the reason I did it is to purposely force me to be separate in my studio that I do for podcasts versus my endeavors. It'll have a whole different setup. Acoustic panels for sound control, which I don't have here. I'm using uh, blankets that are blackout things. It'll have light separation. It will have, and then I got bookshelves, actual books, bookcases. But here's the icing on this. In the way that everything's laid out in the back is going to look awesome once it's built. The bookcases haven't arrived yet. The rug hasn't arrived yet. When it's all there, what people will see is probably the coolest thing I can think of because it's going to have a set of encyclopedias in there in the bookcase and then all my different um uh, certifications that I have a physical for will be lined in there. And then I've got other decorative things and then ambient lighting and then a waterfall type of business and a plant off the side. It's going to, it's going to be a pretty cool layout. And as I thought about it, while I was doing the purchase, I had a vision. I knew exactly what it was. I wanted it to look like, I knew exactly what I wanted at the end of the day, which was, I want people to see, that I took the time to build something out. But also, you know, I have a lot of books. They probably should be on a bookshelf because that's what books are really for. Why not? Let's go ahead and do that. And then when I move, obviously, I'm going to have to tear some of that down. But since I'm going to be here for a while, I need to be comfortable as I'm here and working with the clients. So my, my moral, and there's no call to action, but my moral is I am so committed to making the endeavors work that when I'm forcing myself to invest money to make a place that is purposely built to work with them so that I can focus on it so that I'm not doing what I currently do, which is having to walk around a partition and fight my current layout and my current space constraint, but truly dedicate a space just for that purpose, which should hopefully help my focus. It should hopefully help my being there and being dedicated to it control the sound a little bit better. It's not bad now, but I should be able to throw the best at it. With the podcast, then, my studio, 
I invested money in the microphone that you're hearing me talk on now. I invested money on monitors so I can see what I need to see when I do other stuff unrelated to the podcast or even crypto talk radio podcast things. I invested money in a high-end camera that I use for the Leicester Live, the YouTube channel. I invested money on the audio enhancers that make the sound that you hear now better than it ever has been. I invested money in the lighting that is pretty much perfect and our YouTube channel and improving those. I invested money in accessories, clothing, everything that I wasn't doing before. And the only reason I wasn't doing it is because at the time I needed to figure out what the identity was going to be, what it was that I was going to try to achieve and what was going to get the best response from those that listen to the podcast, those that view the YouTube channel. Now I have to apply that same mentality to my endeavors. I have to say, I've got to spend money. I can't hoard it like I'd like to. I can't hold it back. I've got to spend money to get the quality I expect out of it, to give them the quality I think they deserve as my clients. I've got to invest this money now, knowing that I should recoup it because I'm owed money from the first one anyway. So that will immediately recoup everything I just spent and then some. And then the second client owes me a little bit of money. It's not a great amount, but I know it'll ramp up. And so at some point that will hit a point of, saturation. If the third client pulls, it's just going to be money that gets tossed into a investment or something. But for right now, today, I've got to spend money in order to get to the point where I want to be and more comfortable and knowing I'm going to be stuck here. I might as well stop worrying about the move. Trust me, Nevada's terrible, but I have to just kind of deal with it for now. And as a podcaster, I have to accept that the quality that the people who listen to my channel and shows, they deserve the highest I can give them, which simply means I've got to invest money. Where's this all going? I think, right, I've, I've said in past episodes that it's tough for everybody. It's tough for everybody. I fill the burn with the one client. I would not fill the burn if two clients, unfortunately, it's taking that, two clients were at full throttle. Where I don't have to worry about spending money like I would have before. I certainly wouldn't be worried if I had the third client on deck. At that point, I can do what what the American dream was all about, which is I can put some money away and not think about it. I can spend for quality and not think about it. I can improve my quality of life and not think about it. These are things that I think people take for granted because they're harder to do nowadays. I was chatting with a friend of mine talking about how, you know, I remember with him, we would go down to Jack in the Box and, You get Jumbo Jacks, two for $3, or at McDonald's, at the two-story McDonald's, Big Macs, two for $5. And nowadays, you can't even get a pack of bacon for less than 10. it's, It's a different time. Money doesn't go as far. You're forced to make more of it. Am I seeing salaries go up? Yes, but unfortunately, the the quality of how they do it, the, the cultural issues are still there. They still mistreat their workers. They still don't respect their workers. They still don't treat their workers as a specialist they should be. It's still this rat race. You're still going through ATSs. You're still doing the stuff. That's what forced me to go into business for myself, create my own freedom. That's why I can record for you guys. That's why I can then spend on quality to make the experience better for you as much as I can. And then invest the time into crypto talk radio to get it to the point and help other people who are investing in cryptocurrency. I'm not suggesting it's easy. Under no circumstances am I doing that. I am saying for myself, 
the money I spent very recently on this whole setup. And by the time it's done, I think it's going to be the awesome. I am going to capture some photos of it and hopefully I don't mess it up. But by the time it's done, I'm going to get to the point now where I can reconcile with myself that sometimes I have to be okay spending so that I can prove quality and quality of life. Even if it's the least thing I want to do, I don't want to have to spend for quality, but I have to accept that I'm going to have to spend for quality given that it's something I want to do. As long as it's something I'm okay doing and I'm okay doing the podcasts, all of them, I'm okay doing my endeavors, at least as long as they pay me and as long as they, you know, respect my experiences. For things I'm okay doing, absolutely, I'll go all in, and I'm willing to invest time and money in making those a success. And that's where I am mentally. And I think a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that criticize me for the way I think, and I'm okay with that. It's all right to not agree it, that that's the way we should do it. Everybody's going to do it differently. Mine is simply based on the idea. When we're trying to do something that we enjoy, when we're trying to do something that is part of what we like to do, I think it's a different ball game than just going to work because it's a job because you got to feed your family. You feel different. You feel different about the money. You appreciate it more, which is a lost art, truly. The appreciation for money for me didn't come until I started doing stuff I like to do. I don't like doing technology, to be honest with you. I don't. I do it because it's, it's more lucrative than anything else. But I do enjoy doing the podcast. I do enjoy helping people. I do enjoy business process improvement. I do enjoy making things more efficient, more streamlined. This is what I truly enjoy. I do not enjoy working technology. It is simply a means to an end. When I got to the reality that I need to be okay with the work that I do first, and then all of a sudden, the money that I use, I'm okay now spending it to improve how I do what I do because I enjoy it so much. Now you're getting into not a passion, but a hobby. Mike Rowe, who many, if you've listened to me for a while, you'll have heard me speak highly of Mike Rowe. He's one of the people I think very highly of, of the slim few that I do. Uh, he has a saying, and I'm going to paraphrase him because I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but I'm going to paraphrase him as I close. He basically will tend to say, you know, happiness is a terrific, it's a terrific feeling, right, of being happy, but it's a terrible goal. And it ties to Jada Pinkett Smith and a statement she once made, and she's another person I'm inspired by, and hers I will also paraphrase, which is worry about being respected. Don't worry about being liked because that's the trap. As now these people who have wealth beyond measure, people who have been successful beyond measure, but they're not the upper tier of the Warren Buffets of the world, and they've hit this reality check that as they've gone through life and gotten older, they learn, well, if you're trying to be happy, if that's your goal, it's gonna, you're going to have a hard time of it. Once you work on something that you're okay doing or something that you enjoy doing, that's different. You're not targeting being happy. You want to make sure that you're doing what you do because you enjoy doing it. That's a different mind shift. And you're not necessarily worried about being liked in return. In other words, if I go to work, doing technology work, all I expect is that people respect the level of experience I bring in my craft. That's it. I don't care if they like me. That's not the point. They need to respect the craft I bring or I'll just leave. I've done it before. And I've told people, if you don't let me do my job, I'll leave. And that's not to piss people off. It's just the truth of how I feel and how I think. 
Now, because I work for myself the vast majority of the time, I can control it. It's not about whether they like me or not. And in many cases, they're going to like me because of the respect, but I don't shoot for it. Well, now when money comes into place, I make money because I've helped and I've added value and I've benefited them. But I always want to step it up. I always want to be more better, more efficient, more than what I was. And I know I have to spend money to get to that point, And now I'm okay with it. I've come to terms with that reality. I must do it because I want to give them the best. Very few people do that. Very few people think that way. Many will cheap out. They'll do the least amount possible or spend the least amount possible because they're not striving to be the best. They're striving just to kind of get through life. Everybody's got a different approach and I don't begrudge anybody doing that. I'm sharing for myself. I had to come to grips with the way I believe, which is I'm okay spending this much money to literally renovate this room so that I can make my clients happy because I'm not trying to have them like me necessarily, but I want them to continue paying me because that shows appreciation for the work I do. And I want to show that I'm the best at what I do. And I want to show them that, no, if you, if I leave, which I might, if I leave, I want to leave you in a good spot, but I also want to encourage you not to let me leave. And that's easy to do. Make sure that you respect the experience I bring to the table. Make sure that you appreciate what I'm doing and that we're not doing silly, stupid things. And I'm going to bend over backwards, both with time and money, to make sure no matter what, I am on your mind and I'm memorable and I'm not forgettable. And I've earned your respect and admiration along the way. Even if that meant that I've got to spend thousands of dollars to give them the experience I think they deserve because I believe it's going to pay itself back in spades. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care and I will see you on our next upload.